Hey, welcome to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. This week, Pastor Dave starts his powerful I Am series, which walks through the seven I Am statements of Jesus. This ought to be great. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information there. And hey, if you're new to the area and you decide to stop by the church, just uh, stop by and talk to one of our greeters, and they'll kind of fill you in what goes on at the church and and how things just happen there. It's a great time and a great place to worship. Come as you are. We do. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and have a great day. Good morning, church. We're going to dismiss our little ones at this time to head back for Children's Church. There are teachers and leaders waiting back. If you're new here this morning or visiting, all your little ones can go towards the back, and they'll take good care of them. Make sure to sign them in. Sign them out. Was worship good this morning? Amen. I tell you what, we're blessed to have the people that we do, but it's more than ability. It's more than talent. It's more than... uh, instruments. It's their hearts. Their hearts for God, their hearts for this church, and just to lead us. And uh, man, we are blessed to be able to engage God and worship Him like this. I hope you're ready. I hope you're excited. Um, Make my job easy this morning. Just listen to what God has for you. That's all I ask. So let's pray and ask that He would speak to us. Don't, Don't you want God, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to speak directly into your life this morning? Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we do worship you. We do praise you. Lord, all that you're doing, and uh, Lord, the growth of our church is phenomenal, but it's more than that. The the people that have given their lives to Jesus Christ, first and foremost, has got to be the best part of this whole thing. And, And then the baptisms, God, 24 baptized this summer because of what you're doing, not because of what we're doing but because your Holy Spirit is drawing people and and you're helping people to engage you and and see you in a real way. I pray today for the the church and the unchurched and the lost, and I pray for all of us that are sitting here, that God, that we can engage you in a real way and that we would just put all of our junk and all of our garbage aside and, and that we would just focus on you and expect you to speak to us, God. We, we want to hear from our Father this morning. So we just are expecting you to work. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be faithful to speak through me and speak through the text. And we just trust you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let me start off by asking you a few questions. Can I do that? Nod, say yes, all right. What satisfies you? Just think about that for a moment. What satisfies you? What fills you? Some of you are thinking golf. Maybe not many of you. Some of you are thinking maybe football satisfies you. Maybe it's the relationship that you're in. What fills you? Just think about that. What is your greatest need? That, that void, that, that emptiness. And how does a relationship with Jesus Christ fit into those things. See, Christ should be the answer to those simple questions. Amen? Shouldn't it? We, we should all just say, you know, we, we get away with that in church. It's just say Jesus, and it's a safe 
answer to play, right? Just, just say Jesus. The, the, the one that satisfies or has the ability to satisfy our, our every need, our every longing. And yet oftentimes he's not even a consideration. He, he's not even on the radar of what we feel like we need day to day. And yet he's there. That relationship, his presence is waiting for us to engage him. And yet we're, we're filling our lives with all sorts of other things. Most of the time it's just junk. Right? The last series we went through, we covered the seven signs in John's gospel. Signs that uh, Jesus executed to further people's faith. It, It wasn't just about meeting their physical needs, but about building their faith and trust in him. He turned water into wine, right? Which was a super cool uh, miracle or sign. He healed the sick. He multiplied the loaves. But this next series that we're going to tackle is called the I Am Series. Everybody say, I am. You do better than that. Say, I am. I am. These, well, I'm so proud of you guys. Was, you start so strong. And then you got the coffee kicking in and the adrenaline still from worship. I am. There, there's a lot of meaning in that, is there not? I am. Jesus' statement, I am. The, these statements that, that Jesus made followed the seven signs confirmed who, who Jesus Christ was and, and what Jesus Christ came to do, and more importantly, what he offers. I, I just love that word offer. Right? There's an invitation. He's offering us something or offering those who follow him or pursue him. That's, that's why you're here this morning. I hope it's not because of the worship or any other reason or because of the speaking or you just like the coffee. Maybe it's bad coffee. I don't know. But you're pursuing Jesus this morning. Hopefully that's why you're here. And this first I am statement Jesus ever made was this. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. I am it. And, and I love this. No one who comes to me will ever be hungry or thirsty again. See, some of us sit here today because we are satisfied. We are filled. What a bold statement that, that Jesus makes about himself. Right? This is the kind of stuff that would get him killed for, for blasphemy. He was claiming to be the answer to eternal life. He was it, the bread of life, salvation. This would be shocking information to those that were there that day. Right? I mean, think about what Jesus was saying to these people. Who were, who were longing for the law, and they were longing to be filled. And notice, notice he first appealed to their hunger and their thirst, a need that must be met no matter who you are. Amen? We have to eat and drink to survive. Without food and water, what happens? We die. But first we get super cranky, don't we? Amen? <laughs> My wife was like, would you just go and eat, and then we'll have this conversation. And I was like, what do you think? I'm stressed out. She said, Dave, you just need to eat something. Anybody get irritable if they don't eat? We just need food. Sometimes, I was going to pass out M&Ms today just so you'd have something to just kind of, you know. My wife's been buying these Werther's Original for me, and I know it's like an old man candy. But guys, i got to tell you, they're good. <laughs> and... and and my grandpa used to give them to me, but they satisfy me where I'm going, if I'm in a meeting or something, I just, you know, where there's original and, and life is good because I'm filled, I'm satisfied. I, I typically eat small portions of food, if you can't tell. 
uh, just ask my wife, but get me to a Chinese restaurant with, with a buffet. Anybody like Chinese food? How about a Chinese buffet, right? Good stuff. Fried rice is my go-to food. Sweet and sour chicken with the little red dipping sauce. I mean, it's, you just can't beat it. Dan's like, yes. Uh, crab rangoons, got to have three of those. Amber Campbell, in fact, makes me some of those. I just asked her for some this morning. <laughs> three plates. I Listen, I eat small portions, but three plates at a minimum at a Chinese buffet. I mean, $9.99, all you can eat. It just doesn't get better than that. In today's I Am statement, Jesus Christ, just think about this. Think how excited you get about that buffet. Right? Some of you get the napkin on and get a couple of glasses of water lined up. Jesus offers virtually the same thing. And not just for people of that day, but for you and I today. A a buffet of, of food, a spread that will satisfy and meet our every need. Our every need. As long as we accept the offer. Everybody say, accept the offer. Accept the offer. Yet it's not physical food, is it? It's spiritual. And it's relational. Jesus says, I have something to offer you. The question is, how hungry are you? Some of you are like, I wish you had breakfast right now. How hungry are you? And, and, and listen, years saved or years attending church shouldn't be a factor. There's something inside of us that desire or should desire more of God. And as I follow God, I desire more of him. And I just keep saying, God, there's an emptiness and there's a void. And God just says, you, you just need more of me. You just need more of me. Is God telling you that this morning? You just need more of him. The question is, will we eat? Will we eat? If you're taking notes, right? will I eat? Will I eat? Not this afternoon, right now. Turn me to John chapter 6, 22 through 26. John chapter 6. Feel free to use your Bibles or your smartphones or tablets, or you can follow along in the overhead. John chapter 6, verse 22 through 26. It says this, The next day the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea knew there had been only one boat. They also knew that Jesus had not boated or boarded the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone off alone. Some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they ate the bread after the Lord gave thanks. He's talking about the feeding of the 5,000. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. So it sounds like they're doing something good, right? They're following Jesus. They're pursuing him. But this one says in verse 25, "When, When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, when did you get here? They had been waiting for Jesus to show up. And Jesus says this in verse 26. I think we need to hear this this morning. I assure you, you're, you're looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Stop there. 
The first thing I want you to understand is, is the context of this I am statement. Jesus had just executed the feeding of the 5,000. Church, at this point, the crowds were following him city to city. But by now, word was out that, that Jesus Christ was doing some pretty cool things. I mean, church, people were getting saved. People were giving their lives to, to follow and pursue Jesus. They, they were being healed. Amen? They were being healed and helped and ministered to. They were experiencing God in intangible ways. His signs, they, they were building the faith of some. Keyword some. I want you to think about that as we go through today's text. And exceeding expectations of others. Just like Jesus designed them to. That was the purpose behind the signs. But some that were there in the crowd were there for the wrong reasons. Maybe, maybe we can relate to that this morning. Some were there only to look out for themselves. I mean, they were worried about their own needs, their, their own desires. In fact, at the end of the statement, the masses quickly deplete, which is heartbreaking to me. I mean, here Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I am it. I'm offering you something. And he's talking about eating his flesh and partaking of his blood, which is super weird, right? Think of the people that are standing there like, what is this guy talking about? And then in one statement they say, this is too difficult. This is too hard for us to comprehend. I I don't know if we can get behind you, Jesus, because the message is hard. Maybe that sounds familiar. Sometimes we say the message is too hard. Whether it's from the pulpit or in the Word, the message is too hard, it's too cutting, and then we just kind of walk away. Isn't that sad? Have you been there? I, I've walked away from God before. Have you? I've packed all my belongings and said, I'm done. I'm good. Have you done that? The truth is, oftentimes when we don't get what we expect from God... Amen? We turn our backs on him, and we head in the opposite direction. Bread of life, and his fullness, and relationship, and, and we say we didn't get what we came for. We didn't get what we expected from you. Life looks different. Things are different. I'm not getting enough. God, you're not meeting my needs the way that I expect you to meet them. Therefore, I'm walking away. Have you walked away before? Since I'm not raising my hand to that. I have. The people asked, when did you get here? Jesus, when did you get here? And Jesus ignores their question. I just love the way that Jesus acts towards the crowd sometimes. Maybe it's because I'm a pastor and I get it. You just get frustrated. Because so many just miss... The gospel, they miss the mission. They make everything about themselves. Are we guilty? You know, I make everything about me. Jesus ignores their question. He says, I assure you, you're not here because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves. Now let that just sink in for a minute. See, church, their bellies had been full. They had those hunger pains. You know what I'm talking about, guys, when we just got to eat a Snickers, right? 
We just need a candy bar or something to get us through. Their, their bellies wanted more. And Jesus says, you're not here because you saw what I did. You know, the miracle, the mystery of multiplying the bread and the, the fish. You know what happened yesterday. Don't we just think about what God did yesterday? We always want something more, something fresh. Jesus says, what I did yesterday. You were satisfied physically. That's why you're here. It's not to engage me. It's not to have a relationship with me or know me. It's because what I did for you. In fact, all of them were filled. All of them were filled. The Bible says they had 12 baskets of bread left over after the miracle was complete. Jesus did something spectacular and miraculous, did he not? Not one person left that day unsatisfied. They came to hear the message, and Jesus fed them. Remember, the disciples were like, what are we going to do? We have no food. I mean, we have nothing. And Jesus says, you have the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Isn't that the way we are when we truly, I mean, truly engage God on a deeper level? See, a lot of us are just surface. We just scratch the surface of our relationship with Christ. We don't go any deeper than Sunday morning or midweek or Bible study. Our prayer life is minimal. Our devotion time is minimal. But when, when, he, when we truly engage God the way that we were designed to, because God designed you to engage Him because he's your creator, it's like eating a meal. You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes I eat so much, and I'm full, and I just want to lay down and take a nap. You know what I'm talking about? When we engage God like this, and we are filled and satisfied, nothing else matters, because we've had our filling from Jesus. Jesus was saying to the crowd, you're not here for the right reasons. Like, I get that you're here, and I get that you're hungry, but you're not here for the right reasons. I, I, I know my worth. I, I know my, my value. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the Son of the Most High God. I have something more, everybody say more, to offer you. Something more to give you, and yet you're looking for bread. You're looking for scraps. You with me? Jesus says, I have what you need. If you were here for me, you would devote your life to me and and my kingdom. Some of us today are asking the wrong types of questions. Some of us are looking for that sign and that miracle when we should be looking for a relationship with God. No amens? I was waiting. You see, I was pausing like that. That's for you. Let me ask you why we're on the topic. What's your relationship with God even look like? Don't look at your spouse. <laughs> we know they struggle. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look across the room. Don't think of that coworker. That's what we tend to do, right? When we think about our own relationship with God. What's your relationship with God look like? A scale of 1 to 10. One being the worst, ten being the best. 
all my medical issues that I've had over the last year and a half, I go in, they say, what's your pain level? Don't you hate that question? I don't know. Well, is it better than the last? I don't know. I just start saying three all the time. I just go in there three. Okay. Three. I'm hurting. Three. Well, now how does it feel? After physical therapy, how do you feel now? I don't know, four or five? Like, what do you want me to do? I'm not good at math anyways. (laughs) What number would you give yourself? A three? A five? A seven? Anybody say a ten? I bet not. I bet if we were honest, if we were assessing ourselves, we'd put ourselves right in the middle because we're still lacking. We're still in need. There's something more. God wants us to go deeper. Kipton, our three-year-old, has a bad habit of going into the refrigerator. We've got to put a lock on that thing. He pulls out. I just love that kid, but man, can he eat. I mean, all sorts of food. It doesn't matter what it is. And he'll walk into the living room holding puddings and cookies behind his back like this. And he walks right to the doorway. We know that you've got something. He's just kind of looking, waiting for that permission to eat. Notice I didn't say apples or carrots. right? They don't, he leaves those things alone. They're bottomless pits. We don't have teenagers, and we just can't keep them full. But at some point, as a parent, you know, Jill and I, we have to just cut them off. He just can't eat like that all day long, and it's not good for him. See, we know what's best for Kipton, what will nourish him and pudding and cookies and things like that, although they taste good. That Chinese buffet, you know what I'm talking about, guys, ladies. What will nourish him? What will help him grow? What he needs the most. The signs that God chooses, key word chooses, to perform in our lives are never meant to satisfy us just for a moment. So we'll be Filled, so we'll feel good, but satisfy us, church, for a lifetime. And here's what I mean by that. The signs are designed, the miracles in your life that God does and performs are designed to draw us into a closer relationship with Jesus. With the Holy Spirit, with the Father. The signs are designed to build trust in God. He's saying, I'm showing you who I am. Trust me with your life. Trust me with your decisions and your planning. I don't think God ever just gives us things to make us happy. You think so? No. When we try to take away those puddings and cookies from Kipton, he says, no, they make me happy. Well, no kidding. (laughs) They make me happy too. And then when we give him something else, he says, no, it doesn't make me happy. Like that's how he expresses himself. God doesn't do these great and mighty things in our lives, church. And he does miracles. And he works so that we're happy. Mm -mm. Every gift, every blessing, every answered prayer, comes with purpose behind it. God is more. Everybody say, God is more. He's more than a meal. We have a provisional God. We have a God who cares. We have a God that meets our needs, but it shouldn't be the reason that we engage Him or pursue Him. It should be to know Him. 
I mean, is that your desire to, to know God? It should be to understand Him in His fullness and His glory, to communicate with God, not just receive from God blessings and gifts, but to communicate with the God of this universe, the one true God. The older I get, the more I value my relationship with my own dad. I just value it. We take that stuff for granted when we're young. I try to instill that into my son. He's like, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, spend some time with dad. He's just like, eh. I want to be with my friends. I want to go do this. And it's like, one day, one day you want to spend more time with me. And in the meantime, I just got to cry myself to sleep because it hurts. Like, I think I'm pretty, pretty cool for a dad. And mm-mm. I value my time with my father, whether it's golfing or watching a game or just talking on the phone. It's time with him. Even if it's a little bit of time, it's time. It's communicating. It's investing in one another. That's what God expects. Expects from each of us at whatever level you're at spiritually. It's not what we give, although that's important. It's not where we serve or even how much we love him. Because sometimes we say, you know what? Well, I love God. He knows. Right? God knows how I feel about him. I don't have to be at church. I don't have to serve. I don't really have to give. I mean, God knows. God knows my heart. You know, since I've been getting a little bit better, I've been trying to do more around the house and because I love my wife. And she's taken good care of me this last year and a half. And so I'm trying to do more, and I want her to notice. <laughs> Isn't that like a dad? I'm throwing you guys under the bus this morning. We want to be noticed when we do something, although they do it like 98% of the time. I want her to know I'm devoted and dedicated to her, so I'm going to act on those things. Imagine the disappointment of those people as they ask Jesus for another meal. Imagine how they must have felt when he looked at them and said, no. Has God ever told you no? Right? How'd that feel? (laughs) Not good. The crowd is like, I'm hungry. Remember that meal you fed us yesterday? Man, it was good. It was good. And we want more. And Jesus says, no. You've had enough. You've been satisfied. You've been blessed. You've already seen who I am and what I can do. Now, simply believe. Simply believe. See, Jesus saw through the mess. He saw through their motives and intentions. Isn't this scary? He, he, he saw their hearts, the condition of their hearts. He saw the root of their hunger. That's why they were there. And yet, at the end, it shows, it proves himself because they left. It was too much. Oh, that we could stand the test as we pursue a faithful God. Amen? That we don't abandon our first love and our call and our purpose. We stay the course as God reveals and examines who we actually are, not who we pretend to be, not the person that we show everybody, not the person that we post on Facebook. You know what I'm saying? The real us. At the root of that, may it be because of God and what He's done in our lives. 
that he saved us and rescued us. Jesus said you're here because the lows filled you. Think about what he's saying and apply it to your own life. How about your own church experience while you're here? Why you choose to engage God here? Your pursuit of happiness. Aren't we in a pursuit of happiness? We just want to be satisfied and happy and filled. And What about our pursuit of Jesus? Is your pursuit of Jesus about you? I think a lot of us would say, yeah. I follow God because it makes me feel better. Well, that's true. But that shouldn't be the reason. We should pursue God and pursue Him because He's worthy. And He's worth it. And He sent His Son Jesus to die on a cross for you. To give you the bread of life. Eternal life. Former pastor used to say, hasn't He done enough? D always used to say, hasn't He done enough? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. Notice he says this. Don't work for food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternity. Don't Don't pay attention and put all of your effort, your resources for food that perishes, but for the food that lasts for eternity, which the Son of God, I love this part, here's a promise here, which the Son of God will give you. Jesus is desperately trying to get them to shift gears here. Stop worrying about yourself and what you're not getting and what you need, what you think you need. And focus on eternity. Away from what they think is so important. Don't, in life, we, we get so caught up and wrapped up in things that we think are important. This is so important. God says, man, I wish you would put that kind of energy and time and resources and invest your hearts and your energy into me because I am worth it. All of that other stuff is just junk. Pursue me. Pursue me. He's saying be involved and invested in kingdom things. Everybody say kingdom things. It's kind of sleepy. Everybody say kingdom things. There we go. Be invested in me. We're good at investing in a lot of things. I'm invested in a lot of things. It's almost like God just keep clearing my table. Or my plate. David, be invested in me. I know you like that and you want to pursue that. You enjoy that. Be invested in me. Can we say that about ourselves as we pursue Jesus? Are we invested in him? Well, I do good things. I've done good things. Be invested in me. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let me say that again. Some of you are sleeping. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all all the things that we're pursuing and investing in, 
The energy, the time, the focus. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, me and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's a priority shift here. That goes for every area of our life. Invest in Jesus. If we want a relationship with God, and I know the majority of us desire a relationship with God, or a greater relationship, we have to put the kingdom and the king in its proper place. Amen? Jesus then shifts our attention once again. From working for bread, working for bread to the bread that he gives, that's why we're here today. Amen? Because we're tired, I know I am, of what I can produce. Or what we can produce. We need the bread or manna from God. We need Him to fuel us and fill us. It says, that which the Son of God will give you. See, it's not about what we're going to do or how good we are. It's what Jesus has done, what He has accomplished, what He did. Notice the word will. What a great promise here in today's text. He's talking about eternal life. Not just food. He's talking about being our portion. Being our everything in every area of our life. Everybody say, He is enough. enough. God, I won't make you say it again. You did that well. Psalm 73, 25-26 says this. Don't miss this part. I desire nothing but you. I desire nothing but you on this earth. Is that your heart? Is that your relationship? Can you say that? Doesn't that examine the heart? I desire nothing. Listen to the psalmist. I desire nothing but you on this earth. My flesh and my heart, they will fail. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion. Everybody say portion. Forever. Forever. He is our Strength in our portion forever. We're so busy trying to be filled and satisfied, we forget all we need is in Jesus Christ. He is enough. I hope you leave here today saying, He's enough. I know all the baggage and garbage that I brought in and how I felt this void and this emptiness, and I walk out of here saying, He is enough. He is my portion. He is my strength. I am a victor. Through Jesus, he is enough. Think about the context of this entire statement. Jesus just fed thousands upon thousands of people, showcasing the magnitude of his love and generosity. The the picture was bigger than the moment. The opportunity was bigger than the sign. How could Jesus Christ ever refer to himself as the bread of life without first multiplying the bread? He was the meal. He was the sacrifice. He was the bread. Think think back to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, starving in the wilderness, begging God for, for food and for provision, and God fed them manna, basically bread from heaven. 
And even though their needs were being met, think about your own life. Your needs are being met. I can guarantee most of you, your needs are being met. The manna wasn't ever enough. We understand that, don't we? The manna wasn't ever enough. They they wanted more of God. The truth is, no matter what God does for us, and I'm speaking to myself this morning, because I can be that kind of individual that says it wasn't enough. It wasn't good enough. No matter what God does for us or has done for us, it never seems to be enough. Can I just ask, what has he spared you from? What has he brought you through? How has he loved you? How has he ministered to you? How has he cared for you? Has he ever left your side? Ever? Some of you say, I've been in dark places, Pastor, so have I. He's never left you. And he's never failed you. He is enough. Then why do we live this life feeling so empty? We should have the joy of Christ and his filling. Shouldn't we? Pastor, I'm going through real hard things. Can I tell you? Join the club. Jill and I have been beat up this last year and a half. Spent most nights and days weeping in sorrow because of physical suffering and pain and no answers. And we get it. There's a lot of people missing here this morning. we got a full house. Amen? Amen? Amen. There are people that are not here because they're in the hospital and they're going through hard things. Jesus is still enough. He's enough for you, but you have to own it. You have to buy into it. You have to accept it. You have to believe it. The crowd asked Jesus, what can we do to perform the works of God? Which seems like a positive question on the service. And Jesus said, this this is the work of God. I am it. That you believe in the one he sent. I know you're looking for a meal. You're looking for food. But this, me, God in flesh, I am the miracle. And then they're like, I know that's what you keep saying, but we want to do something. This crowd would have got on my nerves. Amen? Jesus, we want to participate. We want to have a part. We, we want more food. We want something greater, something deeper, something more exciting. This is the way our children are with us. We just want something more. Can't we get those malts on the way home, Dad? No. We already have pizzas. So... <laughs> We love those malts. Figures. (laughs) Figures, Dad. This is the way we are with God. You haven't done enough. I want something more. Something greater. Something more exciting. Friends, Jesus was in their presence. And yet they wanted more. Let me say that again in case you missed it. And I'm not looking for an amen. I just want this to resonate. Think about this. Jesus was there. And yet they still wanted more. 
Jesus should have been enough. And yet he wasn't. Jesus was calling them now to simply believe, not eat. They came hungry. I don't want you to eat right now. You're thinking about yourself and your hunger and your desire. I want you to believe. I want you to trust me. They asked, what sign then are you going to do so we may see and believe? Are are you kidding? What's next? What's next? I'm surprised Jesus didn't say goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. We're done with this conversation. I can't take it. Now Jesus stood there and he listened to their complaints and their needs and they were clueless. I think sometimes we're clueless. They were so focused on themselves, they were missing the offer, the imitation that Jesus was making, the Son of God was making to them. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. Bread came down from heaven. And Jesus said, I assure you, it wasn't Moses. They were giving him the credit. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread. It's the Father who gives the real bread. Don't miss this part today. The the people were stuck on the sign. What are you stuck on? What's the first thing that just popped in your head? Don't tell me. What are you stuck on? What is it that runs through your mind day after day? What is it? What's holding you back from believing? So I'm saved. I have a relationship with God. What's holding you back from going deeper? What is it? Did somebody offend you or hurt you? I'm sorry. Bring it to the cross. Bring it to the cross. If there's bitterness, if there's anger, bring it to the cross. If there's sin in your life, listen, we got a room full of sinners. I love you all, but you're a bunch of sinners. No. Your pastor is a sinner saved by grace. Amen? Bring it to the cross. Pastor, I've got a mess in my life. Bring it to the cross. He's so faithful. The people of that day, they were so blinded by their own hunger, they couldn't see all they had in Jesus Christ who was standing there right in front of him. I am enough. I am enough. For the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. This bread he's referring to is Jesus. And they asked again, what sign will you do next? I mean, they just kept at it. Every time we're busy at home, Ryan seems to want to snack. I mean, every single time. I mean, we're busy. Jillian's doing dishes. I'm sitting on the couch doing nothing. No, I'm just kidding. And she's just, you know, can you do this? Can you do this? I need this. I need this. I need this. I need this. Can you do this? I need this. I want a snack. I'm hungry. What sign will you do next? And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am what you need. You need nothing more than a relationship with me. I am enough. I am your salvation. I am your redeemer. I am your hope. I am the meal, and I'm here for you. I'm here for you. 
Let's pray. I'm going to have the worship team come forward. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Where are you at this morning? Has God been enough? Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is between the individual and God. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Be respectful of that. Maybe you're visiting this morning. Maybe a friend dragged you here kicking and screaming. I don't want to go to church. Oh, my church is different, right? We've all said that. Maybe you need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe this is a divine appointment. Maybe it's just not an invite to church, but an invite to engage a holy and righteous God who sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you to give you eternal life. He is the bread of life. If you're not a believer here this morning, you want to receive Jesus, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to call you out. But would you just slip up your hand? I just want to simply pray with you. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've attended church. You know of God. You know of Jesus. But you haven't asked Him to be Lord of your life. You haven't confessed that you are a sinner in need of grace. Would you just slip up your hand? Maybe you're that believer here this morning and you've got issues and you've got things in your life and they're clouding your vision, they're clouding your perspective. And you want God your sustainer, your creator, to be enough to fill the emptiness, to fill the void, to deal with the issues. Would you just slip up your hand? I just want to pray for you. No one else is looking. I just want to pray for you this morning. I see those hands. Don't hesitate. You're just raising your hand. I'm not asking you to come forward. No one's looking. I just see those hands. Let me pray for you. God, would you lift them up? Would you engage them? Would you encourage them? Would you love them? Lord, I pray for those that have had the addictions and the temptations and they're wrestling and they're running from you. God, would you free them this morning? You're worthy and you're able. We pray it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have you stand. We're going to have a baptism again this morning. Hey, thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We appreciate your support. And speaking of support, there's a lot of different ways you can support Houghton Baptist in addition to the traditional way of giving your tithe or check at church. We have online giving on our website at HoughtonBaptist.org, and we also have text giving. If you're interested in text giving, just dial 906-346-1317 and follow the information from there. Easy peasy. If you're looking for a church or you're just not sure what church is all about, why don't you stop by Houghton Baptist Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Be there. Come as you are. We do. Have a great day.